Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love each and most of you guys. Swollen, isn't it? <laughs> hey, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you that guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. Then build the bomb. Then build the bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you listen to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. On the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, presented by Traveling Growler, the number one self rated Buffalo sports show covering the Bill Sabres entertainment and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter or X however you want to refer to it, and Instagram right there at the bottom of the screen. Hit that follow. Love following back. And as always, go check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day of the week. The best Bills content out there. Shows on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Tony's drinking a nice, like, Chianti right there. <laughs> Matt, can you guess? Can you guess what I'm drinking? Merlot? Based on color and consistency, you believe this to be Merlot? Maybe someone in the I'm comments not a wine has guy. another guess. I don't know. Yes, please, Matt. If you uh, are watching, please leave a comment, like, subscribe, uh, super chats, anything you can do to uh, show some love for the show. We love commenting on your comments. Again, very meta here. So uh, tell us what you think Tony's drinking. Crown. Ooh, Crown? That's fancy. We make no money from this. I don't know if we can afford Crown. <laughs> Matt, it's Matt and listeners. Well, I don't know. Should I not spoil it yet? Keep it going. Keep it going. No. Okay. Well, keep it going. Uh, what you what have... are you drinking? What are you drinking? Okay. I'm, so I'm not going to keep Is it. Is it Drew Bledsoe uh, wine? <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. We should do it that. Like that should be sometimes like when we do the bills, taste tests, reviews. Uh, yes, we should do that. It is that it is water with cherry blackberry Mio. Oh, okay. <laughs> In a fancy glass. Wow. Yeah. Flat and doctor. While you were talking, boy. I did one of these. Like it was something. It wasn't. I just did that uh, to throw you off. Threw you off the scent. Tony, if you're if you're doing that, I think we we have to address the, the big news here. Uh and maybe you'll do a spit take or something very funny. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll be ready. Classic. <laughs> of course, we have to talk about the big news of the day, and that is the XFL USFL merger. <laughs> uh I was afraid to really spit take because, like, it's going to stain, you know? Just like just like minor league football is a yeah, stain on the society. The stain, it kind of, it, oh, they're going to say it's like a stain on their careers. Like, oh, you're yeah, like the USFL. Yeah, USFL showing up on the resume, on pump the brakes. Um, Robbie chiming in here. What's up, Robbie? Thank you. What up, Robbie? Up? Robbie. Um. Oh, I, I, flat Dr. Pepper is a good one. Roy said flat Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper. Uh, Dr. Pepper by itself is disgusting. 23 flavors. I also, all I also do Who not figures? like Dr. Pepper. They're like, they need to cut about no, 21 of the flavors. 
Right. When you get Justin Guarini, original American Idol champion, to be your spokesperson, you're not you're not doing well in business. <laughs> Sorry, Doctor Pepper. It's it's not going good for you. The doctor <laughs> cut your losses. Is out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony, no. Uh, well, as much as we'd love to talk about the uh, USFL and the XFL merger, because I mean it, it's huge news, uh, probably the biggest news of the day. Uh, first off, to kick off the show, are you still on song parody hiatus? Uh, I have not seen anybody say anything. I have not refer either. I have I have not seen it, and if I haven't seen it, then it didn't happen. So. Therefore, yes, I am. I am on song parody hiatus, but I feel like it's coming soon because, like, they're like doing after, so well. Yeah, because they're doing well. Like, I feel like it's only a matter yeah. of time before the, before you know, before before the the Dorsey stats and the yeah. uh, Brady stats are like you know in a T in a T chart to show. As soon as that hits, they're going to say it before Brady and after Dorsey. <laughs> bb yeah i guess that would be it yeah bb and ad after sense. dorsey uh for those who didn't catch the show last week tony is on song parody hiatus until somebody from the major media networks uh refers to the bills offense as the brady bunch which seems like the biggest slam dunk in the world this is the easiest day it's clear as day. culture reference like someone just say it for the love of god please the brady bunch <laughs> is right there for you the graphic is right there for you joe brady in the middle the Brady Bunch words and all the Bills offensive players around him. It's very. It's not like they off major. They networks. have them from the Tom Brady era, when the Patriots were the Brady Bunch. Right, just recycle the Tom. Time Brady. and time again, yeah. The work is half done for you already. What will it? Will it take Lance Bass moving into the house? Lance Bass, what? Oh, because because isn't that it? Like the Brady Bunch house was for sale, and Lance Bass bought it. Well, I didn't know that, did he? Oh yeah, I thought that was a, like a. I thought that was that was like the the timeline of the of the Brady Bunch house. <laughs> he doesn't own it anymore. Like he bought it, and then it like there was like an issue or it fell through, or like he only owned it for a few months or something like that. Lance Bass and then it, uh, does a lot. And then it when, went, remember to, he was going to be an astronaut when he wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Lance right, Bass, is, Lance Bass. Yeah, Lance is that Tyler Bass's like brother? Kind of full of shit. Oh, interesting <laughs> idea. Oh. So, I mean, I guess that's another way to, to stamp your passport is when you're listening to, uh, in sync songs. Yeah. I was trying to think of one and I was, everything that registered on my brain was Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys. I'm like, that's, those are all BSB. Uh, well, some Bills Mafia want to say bye, bye, bye to the Bills season. That's for sure. Uh, let's mm. talk about the uh, elephant in the room and a lot of uh, topics and discussions around this man sean mcdermott uh mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. kind of stinker of a coaching performance uh tony but let's not talk about the negatives let's do some fun facts about sean mcdermott that people might not know before we get into all the negatives and we'll get into that later on when we review the bills eagles game in a little more in depth here uh, i thought we'd play america's newest favorite game show and that is Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney, or Sean McDermott? For those who don't know, okay. Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney are actors. There they are, handsome devils themselves. And there's Sean McDermott oh. with his Golden Girl-esque glasses. 
<laughs> Tony, I thought instead of weighing on the negatives of Sean McDermott, we'd read some fun facts and you tell me whether you think it's Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney, or Sean McDermott that these facts apply to. Listeners, where do I know play along. Where do I know Dermot Mulroney from? Like I can I can hear his voice, like, but like I don't know what he's been in. Both those guys are like the every man like you see them in a million things and you have no idea what their names are or who they are i feel like they're like doing two episode arcs on every sitcom on everything right major network yeah like they're just they're just those guys so tony are you ready for our i looked up facts yeah i looked up what he's best known for and like i haven't seen any of this right i haven't seen a single one of these I think one of, of them was in projects. the movie Twister, if I'm not mistaken. The classic. Were they? Who was in the movie? Which so. one, one was in Twister? Them. It was right, Sean don't... McDermott. That's the first fun fact. Right. I was going to say, like, don't, Sean don't McDermott me... is Yeah. Don't give me any answers prematurely here. All right, Tony. Our first fun fact. Uh, this person's favorite artist is Michael Jackson. And you might not know it about him, but he loves to dance. Is that Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott, or Sean McDermott? Uh, I have heard at least the first half of that statement uh, to be Sean McDermott. That is correct. It is Sean McDermott. He loves to dance. You would never Mm -hmm. picture Sean McDee as a dance connoisseur, would you? No, like if I saw Sean McDermott at a wedding, I wouldn't expect to see him on the dance floor. I would expect to see him watching in the wings. Neither would I. Neither. Yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, if if Michael Jackson's Pretty Young Thing comes on and Sean McDermott's busting a groove, like, check that one off the bingo card of unexpected stuff that you thought would happen. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson. Wow. If Sean McDermott, like if they play, if I'm somewhere and Sean McDermott's there and they play Michael Jackson, I would love to see how Michael Jackson-y his moves become. Is he just going to dance? Right. Is he just going to two-step? Or, like, is he really going to try and do something? I could see right, him doing, like, right. a spin. A spin with a little, you know. You know what I mean. Does, does, can Sean McDermott teach me how to Dougie? That's all I want to know. I've been learning. I've been wanting to learn for so long. Can Sean McDermott teach me, finally? Um, Tony, was, what okay. if he shows up in these glasses? Oh, all the more. I you're like pretend, you're, I'm pro glasses. You're pretending you know. like you don't know him, right? No, no. If he shows up in those glasses, I'm staying as far away. Like, oh, that's yeah. Bill's coach, Mom, Sean McDermott. No, we should go say hi. And then I see the glasses. I'm like, I don't know him. Those glasses are hideous. They might be. They might Disagree. be the pivot point as, as the as the downfall of this Bill's season. Everything was going good until those glasses made an appearance. Disagree. I like I like the glasses. But yeah, if they're unlucky, then if they're unlucky, then then fine. Then I get it. There, they might be. There's that. Like I am in of this wild conspiracy, true detective style. I have the board and the red string connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. It's Sean McDermott's glasses. It's those weird uh, press jersey shirts they're they're wearing now with the large numbers and the backwards logos on the sleeves. I don't know where those came from. They're they're just hideous mm-hmm. and they don't even make sense. But ever since they started wearing those, which happened to be after or during Jaguars week for London, they continue to wear them. Uh, 
everything's gone downhill. So those are two of like my main suspects as to the downfall of the Bills season. Sean McDermott glasses, uh, weird press junket uh, jerseys they wear. Uh, Tony, second fact. So hold on, time out. Our, what's our, the, oh yeah, no time out. What's the? You only, you only get three. What's the flip? What's the flip side of this? Who's who's the best glasses in Bills history? I think I know who my vote is. Oh, if I'm picturing Bills and glasses. Are you thinking it's Vaughn? Well, uh, uh, I the weather's nice today. The weather was great today. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, the no, weather was great thought, today. Just doing the top. No, I, yeah, I the weather was, was really nice Some, today. Another player. Yeah. Another player. Another player. <laughs> another player who wore glasses. Another and historic not player in the news today, primarily. Let's see. Uh, we can't talk about that. Um, Van Stevie. Van Miller. <laughs> uh, uh, too close. Too close for comfort. Too, too close, close for comfort. Sirens. Too Sirens close. are going. Emotional. Too uh, close. Talk about anything else. No. So did you see Young Sheldon this week? Stevie. Talk about anything else. <laughs> Is that show still on? Oh gosh! All right, second fun no, fact, Tony. Stevie, you ready? Stevie is who I was thinking of. Stevie Johnson and his Stevie glasses. Wore, Stevie wore glasses is like a fashion thing, though. Those weren't. Yeah, but that counts. Be... So Sean McDermott's so, yeah. also wearing them. He, you, Sean McDermott's <laughs> wearing them to say, "I want these because they're fashionable." He's yeah, that's true. Fashion. He's wearing them. So for was fashion. Stevie. <laughs> Stevie was very fashionable and super cool, and he was also a guest on another built-in Buffalo show, the Buffalo Blitz, this past week. So if you haven't checked that oh, out. Wow. Uh, after this show, don't check it out now. Don't leave this show. But after that show, after this show, go check out Buffalo Blitz with Stevie Johnson. Uh, one of my favorite bills of all time. So great uh, interview from Peter and Lance there on the Built in Buffalo Network. Tuesdays, I think. I think. I'm pretty sure. That's right. All right. Second fun fact, Tony. You ready for okay. yes. our second fun fact in our game? All right. This man has had a featured article in the magazine Men's Health. Uh, I think that's Dylan McDermott. It is Dylan McDermott. You're right. Good job. Two you for two, baby. You know your guys with similar, very similar names very well. <laughs> Dylan McDermott on the left or the right. I don't know who these people are. Uh, to that he point, felt- Tony, uh, why hasn't Sean McDermott had an article in Men's Health? Why has Sean McDermott only had a good article he, in Good he was deemed we don't He know. was deemed by NFL Network to be the most, to be the second most in shape coach, I think. Behind Andy Reid. Right. Of course. Of, of course. course. Yes. Andy Reid, the healthiest. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a, a poll of 105 guys, customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who was the healthiest coach? Uh, Salah. What is that true? Is he this? Was he deemed the second healthiest coach? I think that's how it was. Yeah. Wow. I, I think the Jets coach was one, Mc, and I think Sean McVay. McVay's got to be up there. I don't know. I picture McVay having a really like fluid diet. Like he's yeah, just hanging out, like, but he's also like you know a lot of like, like Southern California fluids. parties and like sushi and caviar is coming around a lot, and you yeah, know. that's that's a good call. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good call. Um, Our third and final fact, Tony. Uh, His first job was working in a vet clinic, cleaning out dog kennels. 
Is that Dylan McDermott, McDermott Mulroney, or Sean McDermott? Uh, I guess I'll round it out. I'm playing the player at this point, being you, and say it's it's oh, Dermot Mulroney. Little strategy. No, it's actually Sean McDermott. Wow. Yeah, we He's all learned something lover. new today. He is a dog lover. Mm-hmm. Bill's Mafia. What's going on? For all those <laughs> dogs out there tuning in, shout out. That's right. Howling at the He Wolf. Howling at the He Wolf. That's right. Matt, uh, I'm no, that's, shocked. That's Sean McDermott. I was surprised when uh, this when this game came around and you had three McDermott's to go through because I looked up every McDermott that has a Wikipedia page and I was shocked that you didn't go with who I presume is your favorite McDermott, Bosco McDermott. Oh, how can I forget Bosco? Yeah, Bosco McDermott, of course. Of course, the pl- Bosco McDermott, as you know, as I know you know, but maybe some of our listeners yes. don't know, Irish Gaelic football player from the 50s and 60s. Yep. Member of Galway of senior famous, county I, team. Yes, Irish of course. Gaelic football players. Yes, of course. He's the so, Christian Wade of Irish Gaelic football. Well, kind of. He's really more of a uh he's really more of a um I don't know who's an example. Figurative. Well, he he's really more of a more of a Doug Peterson because he was uh, the star of Galway in the 60s and then became the team manager from 1993 to 1996. Returning to his glory every, in that. Every week we should just do like one minute of you talking about Irish Gaelic football. Just bestow us with like a fun little. I got. Factoid. If if you thought that factoid was all I got, you are wrong. I got a million in the chamber. <laughs> you think I want? Oh, I'm boy. ready to talk about Dunmore. I'm ready to talk about Williamstown. Ready to talk about those two. Those Anything two, in the county of Gal- Galway. Two, two, you know? yep. Those yep. are the two that are referenced in the Bosco McDermott Wikipedia article. So, yes, that's right. So, that deal with right. that. Uh, there's a couple other fun facts, but we, we'll get into our Bills Eagles review because I know that's why we're here. We're having a little fun here because, I mean, it was all, it was all like satisfactory this week. Like the Sabres lost big to the Devils, the Bills lost it overtime to the Eagles. Like, the Sabres did win against the Rangers the other night, so that was a positive. But uh, the satisfactory is reopened for business here in Buffalo, so we're trying to trying to give you a little positive to start the show here, people. Put a put a little smile on your face. Uh, some of the other fun facts I had shares a birthday with uh, the voice of Super Mario and Ferris Bueller himself. Uh, wait, who? Uh... So Chris Pratt and Matthew Broderick. Oh, they share the same birthday, and then one of these three yes. also shares that birthday. Yes. Um, I'll say Dylan McDermott. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Yeah, good company. Who are your, who are company. your birthday? Matt, who are your birthday buddies? Oh, gosh. I think it was, like, last time I looked, I think it was, like, Macaulay Culkin and Katy Perry. How's that flat? Dr. Pepper. Those are good ones. Mm. Almost done. Almost time for a refill, baby. <laughs> I got a, I got um, Michael Phelps and Ooh. Mike Tyson. Okay. Somebody both, else too. Uh, I'm looking this up. Both esteemed American sports icons. That's true. While you look that up, I think we should send it to another icon. Yep. And that is send it to them. I'll come back with plus year old 
World War II veteran and not McDermott or Dermot in any of his names whatsoever. That is Mr. Marv McLevy. No, just Levy. Marv Levy, greatest Bills coach ever. I don't know. It's It was McDermott. Talk a lot. And now it's Marvin. Let's just send it to Marvin, his golden voice. We'll be back after the break. Talk some Bills Eagles. So go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. AJ Brown, Lizzie Kaplan. If we ever have an opportunity to sign AJ Brown. Well, yeah, that AJ Brown on a sports yeah. podcast. That's what I'm bringing up. That's I mean, AJ it's an entertainment podcast through the lens of sports, is what we do. We try, we try. You know, we get a little goofy with it sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, Tony, we got a lot of bills to talk about. The Bills Eagles game was something for the ages. Uh, yeah, it was. And of course, the Bills came out on the wrong side again. But we have to start off the same way we start off each and every week with our game review. And that's a so bad it's good review. Tony, a little curveball this week. I didn't do the so bad it's good review. I let a little thing called artificial intelligence, chat GTP, do it for me. Okay. So you tell me it's something. So you tell me if it's as good or worse than when I write it. And maybe that'll determine if I ever do it again. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. But I'm like skeptical. Bill's Eagles review. What are you skeptical about? Because, because AI wrote this. So will it be as good as you usually do? Like you put such care into these, into the references. Let's see what I the do. AI. But this is, I was this is really like a true playing the actor's strike. The actors are striking right. because they don't get compensation or writers are striking because they don't get compensation from AI stuff. I'm not getting compensation for what I originally write. I'm going to let AI do it for me this week. Are you ready? Um, I guess I'm prepared for the best or the worst. Might be the worst. Here we go. <laughs> week 12. We head to Lincoln Financial, where Josh Allen was slinging touchdowns like they were Pokeballs, except it was his receivers that forgot to catch them all. The Eagles swooped in with Jalen Hurts in their offense, operating with the season with an incentive. Giving the Eagles the old one-two punch. But hold on to your hats, folks, because just when you thought it was safe, the Eagles swooped in like the Millennium Falcon navigating an asteroid field. Pew, pew, went their offense, scoring touchdowns faster than Sonic the Hedgehog on Red Bull. The halftime show wasn't a 75-year-old in a cheerleader uniform, but it was just as thrilling. I don't even know what it was, but GTP certainly does. Uh, the Bills were strategizing like they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, while the Eagles were huddling up like they were planning a heist in Ocean's Eleven. Second half, the Bills channeled their inner Avengers, assembling a comeback that even Iron Man would envy. Don't know what that means. But what what's this? The Eagles summoned the power of the force and shot back with plays that would make Yoda say, when you will. The game ended in more drama than a season finale of Game of Thrones. The Bills were clawing their way back like Wolverine in a cage match. But the Eagles had their offense locked down tighter than Dawson Fort Knox. Fort Dawson Knox. 
My bad. In the end, the Eagles took home the victory, leaving the Bills scratching their heads like Scooby-Doo trying to solve a mystery. It was a game filled with more action than a Fast and Furious movie marathon. Bills 34, Eagles 37 in overtime. And that's the so bad. It's good review. Artificial intelligence style. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Uh, Because the AI clearly was like, make a reference, get out to make a new reference. Except for where I was very impressed. And I'm still like, there's no way AI wrote this. Like, this must have been edited by Matt. So you tell me if it wasn't. That's the first sentence. Josh Allen was slinging touchdowns like they were pokeballs, except it was his receivers that forgot to catch them all. Yes. You punched that up. I touched that up. You're right. You, punched you that know up. me too okay. well. Yes. Like, yes. That's there one was of nothing the like that things in the I rest of it. Up. And also, did you say in the middle, you were like, you said, you're like, I don't know what that means, or I don't know what that is. And it was the halftime show wasn't a 75-year-old in a cheerleader uniform, but it was just as thrilling. Was that what you said? You don't know what that is? I don't that's know a, what the Eagles Bills halftime show was. Oh, yeah, but it's a reference to Dolly Parton, right? To the Dolly yeah. Parton show. Yeah, okay. Chat yeah, yeah. keeps up with pop culture, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. we all? Exactly. No, you 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 got it pretty well there. <laughs> Way to go. Chat GDP did all right. Uh, Tony, there's too when many people will. uh in the comments talking about uh move on. Who? Move Tell on. Who? Uh, move on. We don't want to talk about it. We're not talking about it. <laughs> talking about uh that that Bills player uh Vaughn. Vaughn, what I uh, Matt, what time does it say on your giant clock? Talk about your giant clock. Oh, where? Oh, oh, that. Yeah, we're not not talking about it. Uh, Tony, let's talk about this Bills Eagles game, though. And I thought through all the heartache and and viewers, leave your comments on why or maybe what maybe what the most frustrating part of the Bills Eagles game was for you. Uh, Tony, I thought we put a witty spin on it and we bring back. As we do when we're just down in the dumps the most, uh, we bring back our segment. Witty world, witty world, not party time, not excellent. Uh, Tony, let's give listeners and viewers the top three reasons why we think the Bills lost. And if you don't mind, I'd like to start with my third reason, and that is. Joey Merlino. Take me there. Who is Joey Merlino, you might ask? Listeners, viewers, Joey Merlino, also known as Skinny Joey, is the boss of the Philadelphia Mafia. My proposition to you is the Bills and Joe or Joey Merlino, as a real crime mob boss, did not like the fictitious Bills Mafia coming in on his turf. The Bills weren't scared of losing a football game. They were scared of being taken out by the real mafia with their fake mafia. Did you notice any shot of the crowd? Not as many Bills fans at this away game as there typically Mm. is. Interesting. Maybe those Bills fans have been a little taken care of. A little bit, right? One way or the other. We got a taste Mm -hmm. of the real mafia. Uh, Joey Merlino is my number three reason why the Bills lost. Tony, what is your third reason? 
My number three reason also has to do with intimidation, uh, as yours did. And that was because some of the Bills, tremendous athletes in their own right, uh, were sharing the stage in Philadelphia sports this weekend with some of the world's best athletes, as this weekend was also the Philadelphia Marathon. And they be in bearing witness and competing with the finely tuned bodies that are handling the marathon, they couldn't handle that. It was too demoralizing. It was too demoralizing when, you know, they're tiring out after 75 yards and you got 26.2 miles coming in from other people. So they were down in the dumps from that, dropping a little, dropping some morale, I guess. So ended up showing up a little bit, uh, a little bit on the field. They just couldn't hang, couldn't hang with the marathoners. Can't hang with the marathoners. Uh, Tony, my number two reason the Bills lost that game, and this is one I'm sure a lot of people will comment on, uh, the revenge of the Hockleys. Yes, this is real. This is a legitimate. This is like this a, a legit, legit thing, I think. Like There are this, the facts out there of how the Eagles are undefeated with Sean Hockley refereeing their games. The Bills have a past history, at least maybe I have a past angst history with his father, Ed Hockley, Ed Pipes Hockley. And now I have a beef with Sean Hockley, his son. Um, Tony, the refereeing was, I'm not one to complain about the refereeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If, if, if I list the reasons why the, the Bills lose a game. Refereeing is usually one, if not the last reasons. Like my whole thing is like the Bills do it to themselves. There's a million other seconds yeah. in the game that aren't referee calls that could have been better for the Bills or they could have executed this differently or done. This game was it, it was egregious how yeah. lopsided the the calls were. Uh the Bills had 10 penalties at halftime to the Eagles won. Now I can and they were so bad. Like it was, the it was were like so bad. ridiculously bad. Yeah, the non calls were so bad, and some bad. of the calls themselves were so bad. Yes, the league that uh, strives for parity. There is no way you can tell me that two teams, maybe on similar levels, maybe not similar skill levels, but generally the same. They're playing on the same field in the same game. Uh, are discernibly different from each other where one is committing 10 penalties and the other is committing one. <laughs> like these things are not, they, they, it's not copacetic like that. It's not like if it's like seven and four, if it like in a league of parity, all these guys are premier athletes. There needs to be a, a closer ratio to that. If you're calling it one way, you got to call it the other way. And that's my biggest beef with the refs is like, not just this game, but, this has gone on like the whole season. I think more than any other season that I've noticed that games I've watched is the refereeing is out of control that they're dictating the outcomes of games. Mm-hmm. While that might not be the ultimate case with this Bills Eagles game. Um, it, I feel like it did. It was so bad. It did sway a lot of points and it left a lot of points on the table for the bills. Like for example, that, uh, horse collar slash intentional grounding was a horse collar that they didn't mm-hmm. call 
wasn't an intentional grounding that they did call. Like, I think a lot of the bills said it afterwards, Jordan Poyer, like the refs aren't held accountable for anything. And he's absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Like they can just continue making bad calls and yes, they get graded and by the NFL rules committee or referee association or whatever the, the governing body is that, you know, they get graded and then they determines whether they referee in the playoffs and things like that. But still it's like, okay, you, you don't ref possibly one more game of the season. I don't know how big of a paycheck that is for these referees, but it, it was, it was noticeably bad. The refereeing mm-hmm. anybody who like, and like you, like I, it's not the re it's not the definitive reason we lost, but it, I agree contributed. Obviously if it didn't go down that way, things would have been easier. And because, and it's only strengthened in the argument just by the idea that it went into overtime because any edge one way or the other would have prevented the overtime. Uh, but yes, like, the th- like I will forever look back on the intentional grounding slash horse collar. I will forever look back on the Darius Slay like holding onto the elbows and it not being right. that, you know, like it was insane. And I think that, you know, the sports Bills Mafia, but the sports fan of any fans of any team can gain a reputation amongst themselves or amongst others to be like, oh, they're always just blaming the refs because of their bias. They're always just like looking for an excuse, looking for a way to blame anybody else, any other situation. But anybody, like if you watch this game and you are not a Bills fan, and even if you think Bills fans always complain about that, you are like, you have to objectively admit this game, it was bad. You you had like, there's no way you could possibly look at this and be like, you know, and, and not be like, this one they got like this one this is bad this is terrible officiating you know it was it was it yes was, i mean it just seemed like i'm i'm not one to buy into conspiracy theories of like everyone's against buffalo or everything bad happens to buffalo or whatever, but just like play after play you mentioned the darius slay pass interference the horse collar the uh, the fall, the encroachment, whatever on Jordan Phillips when Jason Kelsey clearly false started and he was false starting like all game. He's mm-hmm. doing this little like flinch thing. I don't know if that was like a a subtle nod or something to uh, his brother and Taylor Swift. I don't I don't know. He's giving him like a, a flinch. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Yeah, like it's oh, like okay. a, what's up, guys? Uh, like a head nod, like a high school head nod. Like what's up? Hmm. Uh, but he was doing it all game. Hey. Not, I think it was called maybe once. Um, there was another pass interference, I think, on on Sherfield for like the two throws he got towards him. Uh, there was definitely one in the first half when he went over the middle and got held. I, I thought well before the pass. Um, there was the I don't even know who the Eagles player was taking out Stefan Diggs like after the play, mm-hmm. just like a swift shot to the back, not a Taylor Swift shot, but like a cheap shot to the back um yeah it was just all bad like i i don't know what they do what like what does the nfl do to to stop this like they have to start holding these refs accountable in, in right. some way the players get fined for the stupidest stuff josh allen pointing as he runs into the end zone like a fifteen thousand dollar fine but mm-hmm. these refs determining outcomes of games with their bad calls is nothing like they get off scot-free 
Uh, I propose that, and I've said this on Twitter X before, it's like there should be a finite amount of flags the refs are able to throw throughout the game. There should be like 12 flags in total you are able to throw. And once you have reached your allotment, you're done. Like The sorry. game becomes NFL blitz. You want to call the ticky-tack stuff and waste your 12 flags on that mm-hmm. stupid stuff that happens every single play? Oh, there's a hole here, a pass interference. Like, that stuff happens every play. It's just a matter of if you want to call it and if it's a little more noticeable than, like, mm-hmm. stop with the ticky-tack stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to call that, then you're done. Like, you cannot call the pass interference at the end of the game that puts a team in field goal position to win the right. like. That's it. 12 flags is that that's the only thing I can think of, honestly. Now, I have a conspiracy theory and it's not a witty conspiracy theory or anything. It's uh, it's do you I just have this idea, this like fantasy in my mind that because the second half was like called like kind of normal. You know, like I don't remember anything in the second half happening. That I was like, "You got to be kidding me right. with this," you know, or at least the pattern was. Broken. You got the call in half. halftime is like stop. Kind of, yeah. Do you think? That, yeah, like I had this idea that like the lead called uh, Sean Hockley was like, "Dude, you got to reel it in. Like this is too obvious. Like get a grip over there." You know. Yeah. Right. It's too. It's too obvious. We're fixing this game. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. The Philadelphia yes. mob is is on us. <laughs> right. Yes. Right now, right now we're owing them millions of dollars. You have to change this. Yeah, the bill's winning. The sports book is shutting down here. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Tony, your number two reason why the Bills uh, lost the game. Sunday. Well, my number two is that okay. So I think of this as like twenty seconds. A lot of people online and and otherwise are thinking about like, oh, this is probably the second biggest collapse to thirteen seconds. Uh, that yep. we see, and you know, comparables with the implications of OT and everything. So I, when I know what I know about thirteen, I know thirteen has a lot of meanings to a lot of people, especially around mm-hmm. this time of year, swiftness. So I know that. So my thought is that the Bills needed another overtime collapse because thirteen seconds is owned by I think his name is Scooter Vaughn. Now this is Bills collapse Taylor's version. They needed to bring it back so that Taylor had the rights to a Bills collapse. I like it. And they had to do it. I only make you know, the world with Jason, right. With Jason Kelsey involved. Yeah. Taylor needs the rights. She deserves them. She did. She got bamboozled too young. Now she gets the rights back to a Bills collapse. And you know, Haley and Taylor are like good friends. So are they really? Maybe, Is that maybe, real? Maybe Haley, Haley put it. Yeah, I think so, actually. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Okay. There's pictures of them together. I'm just assuming. Oh, wow. Well, not okay, in the, the Hollywood. Inner circle, but you're not reading us weekly. I uh, no, no, just men's mm-hmm. health with Sean McDermott, right? Of course, Dylan McDermott and Dylan McDermott, yeah, right. Um, no, I like your number that. one, yeah, getting getting right. My number one, um, not being scared, but being scared because this is a new level of scared in Sean McDermott's approach to a football game and we talked about how we're going to get into sean mcdermott he doesn't learn does he like 13 seconds as you mentioned 20 seconds with one timeout right you don't do anything yes the taylor well i don't have to say anything actually Mm -hmm. 
why not just try? It, it, it just drove me nuts. I was losing my mind. Just try. Your offense is clicking, is almost unstoppable mm-hmm. at that point of the game. You have Josh Allen. You need about 35 to 40 yards. You just watched a kicker. You just witnessed a kicker make a 59-yard field goal in the weather, in the rain, in the wind. Who's to say your kicker can't do the same? Go try. Stamp just the passport. Try. Stamp the passport. Uh, so I that, can... he, he just plays scared. And then in overtime, again, just preventative defense, allowing the Eagles to, to march down the field with really no pushback whatsoever from our defense. Uh, it just it, it, it was like deja vu with the, with the 13 seconds Chiefs game. It's like, I, I don't know why he does what he does. It, it, it almost, the, the, the cliche is he plays to not, he doesn't play to win. He plays not to plays lose. Plays to not lose. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems like very like real. Like, I know it's cliche and all, but it, it feels very fitting in this case because you watch the game like you did on Sunday and you got in. I was just thinking to myself, sound like I'm like, he's just hoping for some wild variable to happen. And it did happen. Actually, Charles Dodson caused a fumble. Now I don't think that was a fumble. I don't think it was a catch. I think they made the right call there because I don't think AJ Brown makes a football move. And there's a lot of comparisons to the Keenan Allen play on Sunday night from the chargers. Different thing. Uh, Keenan Allen took like two steps forward that's what that's my two cents about it. But like he just hopes for that thing to happen, not for his defense to like get four consecutive mm-hmm. good stops, but something wild and crazy kids to happen. Like a guy fumbling or a tip pass intercept, like just some thing that has such a low chance of happening. Mm-hmm. And he crushes his margin of error like immediately when he plays preventative like that. Like the margin of error becomes, okay, they have 80 yards to march down the field. Maybe something will happen. Maybe they'll force something. We have a lot of error to to happen. Maybe we blow a coverage and we can recover. When you let the other team just march 60 yards down the field with no resistance, your margin of error is just done. Like you cannot make a mistake. You have to play absolutely perfect from that point on. Or you're losing the game. Like I just don't understand his mentality behind what he does. But tell me what you think. So I think that if it was me, I would have gone for it. I would have run some plays with 20 seconds left in a timeout. Uh, yeah. But I can understand if I – I can be devil's advocate, I feel like, in a somewhat prepared way for what he's saying with that. Now, I would not have liked – to go to overtime, you know, I think that you're basically like betting on to me, the way both offenses were going at that point. I'm like, well, you're just betting on the the coin flip, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And then we didn't, we didn't, you know, round it out anyway. But so, I mean, to me, I'm like, okay, 20 seconds, I would have gone for it, but I can see not going for it because of the weather it being a big factor in this. So the rain being torrential. Now, Josh did now Josh did well with longer than 20 seconds 
because really like the longest offensive play of the day was that Khalil Shakir 31 yards. So basically Probably. what you're betting on is in that weather, can you run two plays that are both going to be the longest offensive play of the entire game? And they're going to happen back to back. And so you're betting on this, this notion that you're going to pull that off. You're also betting on the odds of those two plays being successfully executed with um, like without a turnover or you're basically just like ignoring the risk of a turnover um, or at least the turnover, like with a certain amount of time left or something. But I also know that we have the quarterback that leads the league in interceptions. So it's like, it's, you know, it's like, where, where do the odds lie that you're going to have two consecutive plays that are the one and two longest yardage plays of the game or the likelihood that someone from Philadelphia is going to be the closer and they're going to pull, and they're going to pull this one off to, you know, to intercept it or to shut you out. Now, I think that still for me, I think that, yeah, like what are the chances? Like 20 seconds, even if they intercept it with 10 seconds left, like, are they going to be able to do anything? You're kind of betting against that. So it's like, I, for me, like, I think it would have been worth the risk, but I understand to him why he thinks maybe it's not worth the risk or maybe why it's not worth it to, to go for it. If you look at the game in the whole, like, I, I understand that it's, I still think that's plain scare because your it offense is playing clicking. Scary. It is playing. Your, scary. your yeah. offense is. Yeah. Your offense is clicking. Throughout it is playing the whole like you don't believe much. in. To me, I like and I was a coach Allen. who says, who says, yeah, we need to have the two biggest offensive plays of the game, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to execute yeah. it and get that done. I trust you can't, yeah. you can't go, you can't go into these media press junkets throughout the week, saying, and I think a lot of what McDermott says is just fodder, and it's just to fill the time and to to get done with with whatever obligation he has to the media but like you cannot say like you have full trust in josh allen or this offense or your receivers and then just sit it sit on it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. lay an egg with 20 seconds left especially when your offense is clicking as it was throughout the game like that was josh allen god mode like we saw with the chiefs like oh he was on making he was on everything happened yeah like he was on making everything happen could not be stopped Despite what John says here, how many Stefan Diggs drops have limited first downs or field position? He has more drops than I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he had mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of guys had drops. James Cook had a huge drop on, on a would be touchdown. I think the rain was a factor, but Diggs has dropped a, a more balls than each. But Diggs has also been incredibly good. He's on pace for like 115 catches and 1600 yards and 11 touchdowns or something this year. So, um, you know, a drop here or there, I, I can excuse. But when your offense is clicking the way it did and on Sunday, like you just got to try. Look at the Lions game last year, and I know that's different. I know it's the Lions, A, B, it was in a dome, so weather wasn't a factor. But you had a limited amount of time, and you asked your quarterback to make two, three plays to get yourself in field goal range, and they did, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. Like, why couldn't that have been the same scenario? And why aren't you even trying? Like, I get your point of like, weather's bad, it's a turnover, but I don't think like 
for whatever for 60 prior minutes mm -hmm. 59 and minutes and 40 seconds prior to that the weather wasn't a, a a big factor in terms of fumbles and turnovers or no what i'm saying is that offensive line performing like that would partially that part of that was because of the weather they're calling plays to limit turnovers like that and things that could happen in the weather sure. i would say you know so it's like yeah, no, to say like we're gonna have to play aggressively in this weather when we haven't done it all game. That's a different that's a different order that you're dialing up. Yeah, I mean, the big question now is, have you lost faith in McDermott being the coach to lead this team to a Super Bowl? So I mean, this is the big question. I can't believe that we're doing this question in this in this portion of the podcast on today when there's like huge news about Vaughn. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, yeah, what? What? Matt, oh, I did you I hear my uh, phone going uh, off? Matt, Matt, can you hear my uh, dehumidifier? It's going. I just want to make sure it's not too loud. Level checks, level yeah, checks. Yeah. Well, you got to check the air. Check the air quality in your, in your check, no. <laughs> It's a 30. It's a 31 humidity in my basement. We're rocking a 31 right now. Okay, good, good. I'm glad mm -hmm. your, your voice sounds immaculate with that air quality. Um, have you lost oh, faith in Sean McDermott? Because a lot of Bills Mafia, it, it seems to have been like a slow burn up until this point. And mm -hmm. Sunday was the tipping point of like, I'm done. I'm done with them. Just guy, kind of like I hit with Ken Dorsey. This show hit with Ken Dorsey like in week four of this right. year. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't care if they win every other game. If the offense looks like it's struggling, then I, I don't want to see it. Like, I'm sorry. And look. Lo and behold, they made a change, and we're getting a what seems like a Bills offense we expected. But talk to me about Sean McDermott. What do you think here? What are your thoughts? Here's here's the thoughts going through my head. Sean McDermott is a fantastic coach six days yeah. a week. Yes. But on that seventh day, I wish he was resting a little <laughs> to bring a little Genesis in here. So <laughs> the shout out Catholics. You want Sean so McDermott to be the Chick-fil-A of NFL coaches. Sunday, just take the day off. Kind of. Yeah. Like kind of, that's what I'm saying. Like if there was a way and there isn't, but like if there was a way that we could just like get another voice in there for some of these decisions because i don't look at you know like how many decisions does a head coach make in a, in a game like like 1500 2000 but we focus on but but then there's like four or five bad decisions and everyone's like he's terrible like he he's not good at his job but i'm saying six days a week seventh day he's like 98 right you know like it's so that's a tough pill to swallow in the sense that that and in the sense that obviously like many, you know, there's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough habit to break to break your like loyalty to someone who's done so much for us. Right. Um but it's like the you know, like I I have been trying to do like in my um grief, in my self-grief counseling from the game. Like I've been really trying to do some mental gymnastics of like, how do we pull this off? Like, how do we just get like another voice in there to 
keep Sean McDermott from doing like dumb stuff right. to curb Sean McDermott or to like just educate Sean McDermott of like, hey, you know, timeouts at this point, like they don't work. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't do a timeout there actually. I see the um, kicker that worked in like 1992. Well, I'm not since. even sold. Don't I'm not even it. sold. I'm not even sold that he was doing it to ice the kicker. I'm not even sold. He said, I'm going to like, did Sean McDermott ever say I took this time out to attempt to ice the kicker? Cause I'm not sold that that's why he out? did it. Well, I know that last time that this situation arose, he had 12 men on the field. Yeah. But this was a dead, like this, the clock was stopped at this point. There was no reason. Like, there's no reason they mistakes can happen. There's, there was no mistakes there was no can chaos. happen. Oh well, yeah, mistakes of course. can happen. That's why we just lost. to make sure mistakes you get it right. Happen. Yeah, just to make sure you get it right. Just to rest. Just to make sure people are fresh enough. Just to, just to get it. Just to get it right. To just to fresh. make sure it's right. The percentage of blocking a field goal is like one percent, if not less, in the league. Well, well, we saw it happen that game. Um, yeah. I don't know. And, I'm I'm, I'm grasping at straw. I'm grasping at straws as to why the timeout. But that's not the overall point. Like, don't get in the weeds here. I use that timeout in 20 seconds. The, I'm getting the in point the is, yes, I would rather him two timeouts in 20 seconds, and then maybe he would have done it. Yeah, maybe he would have done it, and then we would have liked that. Yes. So the, but what the hell were we talking about? Oh, coaching his job. Um, <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> yeah, Genesis. So like, I don't know. Like, can we get this? So then my mind goes to. Obviously, we've had this air of mystery around where to point the finger. And because, like, okay, so was this Leslie Frazier? Was this Sean McDermott? So now it's all on Sean McDermott. Now it's like there's only one person to point the finger at, and it's Sean McDermott. Um, Because we know that he's theoretically at least making these decisions or making these calls, you know, like to to whatever extent it is or isn't Leslie McDermott, that's out. Or Leslie Frazier, that's out. But now it's like, so is he, if I'm, if I'm finding an excuse, is he stretched too thin? Is he, is, do we need another play caller in there? Or at least another, do we need another, exactly. Do we need another collaborator in there? Maybe that will help the situation because six days a week is fantastic. A lot of the time, like he's doing, you know, we don't remember when he does the right things. I would, I would like a new collaborator involved and for it not to be Leslie Frazier, because it seems like Leslie Frazier is even more conservative than Sean McDermott and even more like, oh, yeah. let's slow down and get it right. I don't want that. I want like, who's like the, you know, everyone's calling for if Sean McDermott were to get fired, like who's the offensive mastermind that's waiting in the wings. Um, right you know, to come in and be like the hot, the next hot coach that everyone wants. Cause that's like a pattern. That's what's hot in the NFL right now. Right. Ben but I'm Johnson like, from the Lions. Yes, or, exactly. Yeah. Like Ben Johnson. Yeah. Um, ben Johnson. Maybe we get Boris Johnson in there and get Mike yeah. Johnson in there. Um, the track and field star, Michael Johnson. Yep. Michael Johnson. I meant that. I meant the speaker of the house, but I was oh, trying okay. to do anything. You know, if we could get Boris Johnson or Mike Johnson, uh, any job that isn't the one they have. So that would probably help out literally the world. So the, um, so the, but like any, anyone aggressive or anyone like uh, any fresh mind, you know, any fresh mind, fresh blood. Yeah. This can come in and be a collaborator 
that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, eh, can we do that? Can I like compromise to that before saying, before saying we got to revamp this whole thing. And I'm also like, well, how does like the bean thing play into this? Cause bean and Sean have always been, you know, a package of great synergy. So now like, does bean have to find someone that's going to work on with him on that? You know, like it's, it gets heavy. It gets complicated. It's a heavy breakup. It's a major long-term breakup. The whole thing is like play with like play with the pieces of the game you have. Like you have Josh Allen. You have I know Josh I Allen know. who was just clicking. Like I put on Twitter X earlier or earlier this week is like every everyone wants a coach who like is playing checkers while the other opposition coach is playing chess, like just smartest in the strike room. That, reverse not, it. Not Enron style. Strike that, reverse it. Yeah. You said you want, everyone wants a coach who's playing checkers. No, I said you chess. No, you did. The opposition is playing checkers. All right, whatever. Go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> we'll review the tape. We'll review the tape. Throw in the red throw flag. The, throw in the, throw red, the flag red flag. The I'm Stefan Diggs. You're, <laughs> That other guy, uh, but yes, <laughs> another guy we don't mention on the show. <laughs> uh, but as I said, t- Tony, talk about anything else, anything else. Um, as I mentioned, like Sean McDermott just needs to realize when he's playing chess against another coach that's playing chess with him, he's got a queen. Call Josh Allen up, mm-hmm. say, Josh, I'm playing chess. Josh walks in flips the table like a badass and says chess is for nerds sean wins and he walks out like you have josh allen just use him <laughs> that's all it takes just use him um also the lack of in-game adjustments is baffling how you don't realize that well, the well, Eagles are going to come okay. out running the ball and not making yeah. any adjustments yeah but it just seems that, like they're running from the outside i I wonder if that was purposeful, like that was the devil they chose. You know, like that's kind of what I was thinking. Like if they like they were gonna let them run from the outside because they thought that yeah. was they could put the they could put the cap on that and that was better than if they you know, if they spread it out and prepared for that, what would have happened as a result. It was like the exact copy, carbon copy of the Bills Broncos game when the Bills yeah. did not run in the first half and then they're like oh, shoot, we're playing against one of the worst run defenses in the league. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. do this. And then they just ran all over him the second half. Uh, result in the end is different, obviously. Bills lost that game. Or I guess it's the same. Bills lost this game, too. But um, it just I, – I don't know. Like, So I, are you I there at like half gla- I'm not. I'm not there because – and mm-hmm. this is what I was going to say. Like, I know what we've had. Mm-hmm. That's that's a piece. Doug of Marone, yeah. Dick Gerard. Mm-hmm. Like, the grass isn't always greener. I think I think you're right. Sean McDermott is a good coach six days a week, and that seventh day, Chick Fil A and close up shop. Let somebody else take take the lead, make decisions mm-hmm. during game. I kind of picture it like I mean I'll reference our one of our favorite movies of all time, Little Giants. Like go to MIT. Find find the smartest kid who happens to kind of like football too. Get him on the sideline or her on the sideline, and uh, let them make analytical decisions for you during games. It's not hard. It worked for the little giants. They beat the Cowboys. 
find that kid who's super smart and uh, it could work for the Bills too. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm just take not a page there. from your book. Have take a page from your book. Have AI call the defense. Oh no! That... And then it would really truly like analytics. You want to you want to get into analytics? I mean, it probably yeah. would work out. You know, if, if the AI understood would, football. Actually. Yeah, it probably it probably if really it, would. If it if it calls a football game as well as it wrote my game review, well, yeah. we might be in trouble. But who knows? It's the future. I can't predict the future. Despite this clock, I know it's going to move one minute this way in the future. So mm-hmm. I can do that. Uh, Tony, I don't think we've given your number one reason for the Bills loss. Let's wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, well, I was my number one reason is that the meme is too good. So, you know, we have a new hot meme on the Internet and it's Bills related. And it's the little Ooh. kid going for the handshake and then right into the right into the, the finger. finger. And uh, I, I, did, I saw the meme when it was posted of like, um, oh, I don't even remember what it was now. But like some some like Rochester page that I follow use that meme and like you know when you label those when you label the two parties it's excellent it's a good meme i'm gonna we're gonna ride it out so the meme was too good but it's not gonna be as good if the bills win so right so, so next they were just game, like well next, we gotta let this meme pl- game, play how many right. kids are you gonna see do that i hope to a lot. an opposing fan yeah like i feel like the bar is set now like because yeah, there's gonna be a lot of dallas fan. fans you know there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans. Yeah. Because there be a lot of Bills are a lot of Dallas fans. Being like, yeah. Green light kid, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Green light kid, go for Give it. The Let me finger. tell you about the early 90s and <laughs> set you loose to flip everybody we up. We had hot tubs in the back of pickup trucks. <laughs> and we had kids giving the middle and finger. We're going we back. A, We're going back to Heavy that losses to this team. <laughs> Uh, viewers, let us know what you think of uh, where you stand with Sean McDermott. If uh, you're done, if you still believe in him moving forward, um, Tony, let's talk about the players on the field, though. We talked about a little oh, about I think we got to close continues. out. We, we got to close out Witty World. Oh, sorry, Witty World, Witty World, Witty World. Party Time, not excellent. Not Bill's excellent. lost. <laughs> 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 I I also did have one more that was so outlandish that I couldn't even read it. Okay. Uh and that's uh real quick, give me 30 seconds, not even. Uh Josh is a big movie buff, as we all know from his right. appearances on basement, Kyle Brandt's basement and whatnot. Uh so over Thanksgiving, he had a movie night, a classic movie night to be specific, with Haley, and they watched Wizard of Oz. Josh got into his head that green things melt in the rain, a la the wicked witch. Okay. And he just took it easy because he thought the Eagles would melt in the rain. That was too ridiculous. Stretch. We'll move on. Stretching. Stretch. A little bit of a stretch. Um, but Josh Allen continues to be back. A fantastic uh, classic Josh Allen game. 339 yards through the air. Two touchdowns. 81 yards on the ground. An additional two touchdowns. Um, Tony, this is less about Josh Allen. This is more about this show taking our victory lap on Ken Dorsey. (laughs) Yeah. Because Joe Brady has seemingly got this offense on the right path. I know. Uh, And I don't know if Joe Brady's a good offensive coordinator. 
based on two games. The sample size is too small for me to actually determine it. But as we said last week, Joe Brady does seem like a very level-headed, smart guy that he recognized the deficiencies in the Ken Dorsey offense and worked to fix those right away. Mm -hmm. The utilization of the middle of the field, crossing routes, pre-snap motion, things like that, that high success, high efficiency Joe Brady has instituted uh, pretty quickly here. Um, And it just looks like the offense is more comfortable, and it starts with 17. And the one thing I noticed more than anything, especially during this game when the weather was bad, the conditions were bad, a lot of goofy stuff could have happened with, with the weather. Josh was, more than I've ever seen in this season so far, patient in the pocket. He didn't freak yeah. out. He didn't throw it to, to whatever – because he was running out of time or the pocket was collapsing. He stayed in the pocket. He might have flopped and did a good acting performance. Thanks, Haley, for the acting lessons for our our man 17 there. But that's fine. He got the call. I don't mind. Um, But he stayed in the pocket and made plays. Like That is when Josh is at his best, when he stays in the pocket, slightly evades pressure, extends the play, and then – sometimes improvises and sometimes allows the play to fully develop as in guys can fully run their route trees and things like that and get open. So the Josh that I saw Sunday was a patient Josh and more importantly, a comfortable Josh, something I haven't seen up until this point. And it translated to one of his best games of the season. Mm-hmm. It I loved when you said like this was a, vintage josh or a classic josh like it it is it looks like it looks like the old days of years ago like just a just the just someone who's just like man this guy's good you know like he's really doing his thing he looked yeah he looked good i it's kind of crazy what we're saying about um about brady because it's like and everything about this season is kind of like in this overlay that sounds wild because really to some extent we have both coordinators calling someone else's plays and so it's sort of yeah yeah like to to some extent that is happening you know so it's like it's weird to judge brady because it's brady calling someone else's plays and in some ways like mcdermott was at least i feels like a collaborator on the plays he's calling if not the sole um, you know, the sole designer. Uh, but to have, you know, Dorsey was like, just seemed like he was just hyper obsessed with being able to accomplish certain things. Like he was always, it's almost, maybe he was just like always treating a game like preseason. Like, he's just like, we got to get, we, it has to be done this way. We need the reps in this way. We need the reps to do, to hit this style. And I'm like, right. but we, we know what works and we're now we're seeing what works and it's back to being fun. You know, when we win, it's back to being fun. Yeah. When we win, mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of that. Um, it just, do you, do you think Joe Brady in, in keep in mind, it's only two games has done enough to give you confidence that he can be the OC moving forward. Yeah. Really? That's yeah, I soon. guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Because I was like Dorsey. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's, it's kind of like why I wouldn't fire Sean McDermott because yeah. we've seen the worst. And mm-hmm. the OC is like, Dorsey was the worst. It can only get better. Um, yeah. And Joe Brady's made it better. The stats are like insane. I saw a graphic that was like, average per game total yards is like 350 versus like 440 or something under Brady. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it's seems like, like, yeah, go ahead. And it's like, you know, the only thing that would turn me off to Joe Brady at this point is his past. But it's also, whenever I think about that, I just think about our old friend Nathaniel you know past? Oh, I just didn't the idea that he got fired from the Panthers because he wasn't any good there. Oh. You know, oh. like, that's all I mean. But it's like, then I think about... I think that's a Matt power trip, but yeah. Kind of, yeah, maybe, partially. But I just think about, like, well, I know Nathaniel Hackett also stinks, but he got the job done with Rodgers because of Rodgers. So, right. I mean, like, if it, if the tandem works, then the tandem works. Who am I to complain if we're getting if we're finding success? Do you think Nate Hackett stinks as an offensive coordinator? Is that a hot take? <laughs> no, it's not. Every, everyone thinks okay. that's, that's yeah, absolutely okay. right. Uh-huh. Nate Hackett is a very bad coach, uh, offensively and a head coach. Um, yeah, I he mean. He really did a number on the Broncos, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, I just think, like, if if you have – I don't think it's rocket science, to put it simply. Like, you have super talented guys who are very good at the game they play just put them in successful situations and there's enough data out there. And this isn't like a data X's and O's breakdown show by any means, in case you are just tuning in Um, in case you haven't realized that with the ridiculousness that has gone on for the past hour. Um, (laughs) But there is enough data out there that shows you what routes work, what kind of style of offense works. And that's pre-snap motion. That's crossing routes. It's kind of like the the installation of pre-snap motion has been the biggest change to me because whenever we saw Josh during the Dable era be super successful and they ran pre-snap motion a lot during the Dable era, as Bills fans know, uh, but pre-snap motion determines whether coverages are man or zone. When you're not doing that, Josh has to – Yes, and they afford they can afford defenses the ability to disguise coverages a lot. If Josh can't pre-read whether they're in man or zone, so now that you've installed pre-snap motion, I just that's why I think Josh is more comfortable, just because he mm-hmm. the like it's it's GI Joe. It's like knowing is half the battle. Josh knows what defenses are, are going to be showing if it's zone, if it's man and he can audible or, or go through his reads or change his style and play and whatever accordingly. So it's just the little things. Like, again, I don't think it's rocket science. I think it's just some little things of the modern NFL era that offenses, most offenses, most good offenses, I should say, have that Dorsey was just, he, he had Dorsitis too. As we said last week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to. It, it was very Rex Ryan esque to me. Like Rex Ryan was so hard headed that his defense would work, even mm-hmm. though 
his defense didn't work for years and years and it was an old school style and it didn't adapt to the modern NFL or where the NFL was going offensively, but he stuck with it. He was going to stick with it tooth and nail till he was fired or had to sell his bills truck or his son got kicked off of the Clemson team. Something bad happened like to make him realize that this is wrong. Um, that was Dorsey to me. Dorsey was just so fickle and hard-headed with like, this is the offense. We are going to make it work. Square peg, round hole it. And it's going to work. It might not be this week. It might not be in two weeks, but we're going to figure it out. And it just wasn't a keen to this modern day NFL. And I, I think Joe Brady's just like, yeah, like X, Y, and Z are what's wrong. I'm going to fix that. Mm-hmm. It's a quick fix. And that's why we look so good almost immediately. Right. And like every, everything was set up for success in looking good immediately. Like, he gets fired. We play the Jets. So, like, then that sets up, like, a confidence boost yeah. opportunity. You know, I mean, and this then... This is, like, a Super Bowl yeah. favorite here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And so then we go That's... to Eagles. And I was, like, I didn't expect it to go down this way. I thought... I didn't know if we would win or lose. But I was, like, really surprised at how toe-to-toe it was. Yeah. Um. And so that's, you know, that's another piece of my grievance process was, like... You know, we're all complaining like Sean McDermott has to get fired because of the way this game shook out. But like we played the Eagles, you know, like that's not nothing, <laughs> you know. And, let, and let's be real, like the Bills put themselves in this position right? of seemingly having to not win out. I think they can go four and one to lock in a playoff spot. Three and two is going to be dicey, but still a chance. Um, but they put themselves in this position because they lost games they should have won. Mm-hmm. Whether they had dorsitis or whether they were off that day you were the bet you are a better team like the broncos the patriots jacksonville like those are games you should have won despite no matter what how bad your offense is and they put themselves in this position of having to win games they might not be able to win or we don't think they're gonna win a la the eagles like i didn't think they were gonna win this game i would if I were picking the, the the wins and losses at the beginning of the season, like I would mark the Eagles as a loss away to the NFC champions. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't expect them to win this game. So that's why maybe I'm a little more upset than usual because they were in this uh-huh. game and had a chance to win. And they probably should have won despite uh-huh. all the, the crap that went on. Um, But they put themselves in this position and they only have themselves to blame. So moving on. The He-Wolf is howling. Our weekly segment. Oh. Three catches, 47 yards. Maybe the greatest three catches the organization has ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, I can't argue with that. (laughs) Like, it's He-Wolf doing He-Wolf things. Again, Mm -hmm. every week, every week. If you're not aboard the He-Wolf bandwagon, hashtag He-Wolf, because for first-time viewers, Shakira is the she-wolf, therefore Shakira is the he-wolf. Uh, hashtag he-wolf on Twitter X. Make sure to get it spread. The he-wolf is howling. He's awesome. That's all that's said and done. Moving on to the defense as we wrap up the show here. Why can't the defense close out games, Tony? Despite the injuries to big players, Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones, 
the guy who shall not be named being completely, I wouldn't even say ineffective at this point. Mm-hmm. He's just flat out bad. He had some he like not. minor pressure, some light no, pressure. No, he did not. I was yeah. the, the the cherry on top was when they specifically highlighted him on a play, and he ran into his own guy, and then everyone's yeah, like, "Oh, it's a know, stunt." That's what he's supposed to do. I have never, never for every single Bills game I've watched for the thirty-seven years of my existence, have never seen two edges try to stunt all the way around to each <laughs> other. Usually, it's the DT. Like taking on those two guys in the edge, stunting around the DT. Vaughn wasn't stunting; he just ran into his own guy. And I won't say his last name because we're not we're not specifying who we're talking about this episode. I'm very but, confused. Uh, <laughs> uh, why can't the defense close out games, in your opinion? Because, well, this is what I think. Because there's no closer left. If it's it's like we've we've never been in a situation like we were kind of in a situation where maybe you look for someone to close out uh, in a a couple games ago, like when Sean McDermott did those back to back blitzes, which was dumb. And then so it's like, yeah, we can close it out by blitzing. But like the closing is the closing is the turnover, you know, and if I think about like a great example of closing was the Miami game when we that secured our playoff seed, Jordan Poyer got that interception at the end. But like, I would say that what it is is past the defensive line. There's no closer left in there. Like, I don't, I don't think any of anyone who's going to do that, maybe Douglas, you know, is, yeah, is going to pull it the off. Guy we got three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, I looked at that and I'm just like, this is what, this is what we're hoping for. This is what we're betting on. Yeah, but like you I, said, I, I, but like you said a few minutes ago, like what we're betting on is some fluky thing to happen. Right. But that's but that's it's easy to bet on that because like that's football. Like that is what happens. That is how it shakes out. I I guess it's such a low percentage mm-hmm. of it actually happening though. I know, um, but I, I I think a big thing is we're seeing kind of the what we what we deem the core kind of on the downside of their career. Yeah, the Jordan Poyers, the Micah Hyde's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah Hyde was again just very bad, and it, it's been that case for more games than not this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no clearer case than a five-six foot guy, Zacharias. I don't even know his name. <laughs> Zacchaeus. It's Zacchaeus uh, out jumping. Both Hyde and Poyer in the back of the end zone on a very a play very similar to the Hale Murray. Um, a like Mike Hyde made very bad decisions in this game. The the game winning touchdown in overtime. I don't know what he was doing. The guy goes in motion to the other side of the field and Hyde doesn't go with him. But then the ball snapped and he like starts over to the other side of the field and leaves that whole side of the field open. Just baffling decisions uh i always say like this is the dumbest team and stuff like that proves why i say that um but that that's the chaos touchdown is a perfect example of like a why is anyone getting behind you on that play and b why is a five foot six guy i mean mm-hmm. I, I was saying like 
man, Deontay Hardy Harris is so jealous. He's like, how do I do that? How, how does a five foot six guy out jump people? Cause he couldn't do it uh, this season. How does the case do it? I don't know, but the core is kind of falling. Like the, the core is like named mm-hmm. Jones is out. Milano's the core is out, and too high. injured. And let's keep in mind, like when I say too injured, too injured and too it doesn't, it doesn't just mean early. it doesn't just mean you're out with an injury. Like he yeah. shall not be named is too injured because he's in his recovery. You know, he's playing like too much in his recovery. Vaughn or not Micah Hyde is too injured. Who's also, I mean, he's clearly to play, but like he's coming off a major injury year and he's super old. So it's not like this recovery happens. Poyer is too injured because he lives you know, presume, he lives in a cesspool his whole, entire life. So he's like too injured. You know, uh, who knows? And then who knows the injuries like that we don't even know about? Like Taron Johnson, I feel like never plays all his snaps. Like he's probably fighting off something. Um, who knows? You know, the core is too the core is too unavailable, too injured, or too old, or some combination of that. It's way too depleted. Uh, at this yeah. point, the, the defensive line is a shell of its former self. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah, several of them. Defensive are. tackle depth is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like Tim mm-hmm. Settle, Jordan. T- Tim Settle is like the guy we were waiting to make a play for two years, and it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. 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 Who's like who's like the Savers comparison of that? It's like Drew Stafford. Like we're waiting Denny for Drew Stafford to become like a superstar. Yeah, like so. right. It's just never going to happen, even though right. we're waiting. It's like, oh, he does one good thing like every four weeks. And okay, maybe he gets it. Nah, not really. Um, Jordan Phillips and Tim Stittle, I think, are, according to PFF, however much merit you put in those, are two of the worst graded defensive tackles in the league. Mm-hmm. I think out of like 130 something ranked defensive tackles, they are two of the worst. Uh, Jordan Phillips feels like he's going to get a personal foul every single play it's like baffling i'm just like him between him and spencer brown i can't do it anymore it's like get out of there like stop you're gonna do something that hurts this team uh luckily it wasn't this game despite the 10 penalties in the first half we already had so um but i i gotta go back to mcdermott just playing scared it's like well that's a factor too yeah yeah just who just play like you want to win? Like mm-hmm. you're, play you're like you believe me. you can execute. You're not believing in your guys to make a play, right? Just like on the mm-hmm. offense, you don't believe in Josh to make a play in 20 seconds or Diggs to make a catch in 20 seconds or whatever. Like the defense, you don't expect them to make a play, so you expect you you expect the offense to make a mistake more than you expect your defensive players to make a play. And maybe that's due to the depth. Maybe that's due to the injuries. Maybe that's due to just being depleted from playing a entire sixty minutes in in rain and cold and wind. I I don't know, but they have to start playing to win because now their backs are against the wall. There's there's no other choice at this point. So I know it's well, yeah, but hopefully they're like, not. Who's in the that closer? Who's the closer to you? Who's the Kira Sedgwick of this of this defense? I want to say it's there's, Bernard. There's two names that came to mind. Bernard is one of them. Bernard and Groot, and Groot is the other one. 
Yeah. Like defensive edge, there should just I know McDermott loves his rotation. Yeah. Throughout the team, because mm-hmm. why Diggs comes out on third down. I have no idea why Trent Sherfield's even on the field. I have no idea, but yeah. Rotation be damned. Like it's there. Um the defensive edge needs a three man rotation. And if you want to throw a fourth, it needs to be Kingsley, our dude, Kingsley mm-hmm. Jonathan. Uh Groot, Floyd, Epinesa. And that's it. Like, yeah. rotate those three guys. Uh, Shaq can be your fourth. Kingsley can be your fourth. They should see maybe five to ten snaps a game. You need to get those three guys in the 70% snaps range. Like, none of this 50% or mm-hmm. even 60%. Like, those guys are your difference makers, especially Leonard Floyd, who's having a phenomenal season. Yes. Uh, yeah. I would do everything I can to re-sign that guy. He's very good. I I don't know. Like, I I want to say the defense is to blame, but this game they were. I I think. Um, I don't know. They just can't close out. They're just they're just the worst. Like, in terms of like, if you want to believe in football gods and luck and things like that, they're just the most unluckiest team in the world. Like, they just find new ways to lose mm-hmm. these games, and it is baffling. It is it is truly baffling. I just extremely unlucky like they don't get a call here this play that and i'm referring to the zacchaeus play which probably happens like once a year happens specifically against the bills <laughs> like yeah it's part of being a bills this fan. Team. yeah it's it's part of the angst and the the five stages of grief of being a bills fan uh tony what do you say uh we wrap up the episode though i think it's time i think it's time yeah uh everyone thank you for viewing tuning in if this is your first time uh hope you enjoyed it uh through all the nonsense and the goofiness and the wittiness and the clown show that sometimes we are uh, hopefully you got a good laugh and on a day that maybe wasn't so happy or exciting or a week that wasn't so happy or exciting with the bills loss hopefully we we could turn that frown upside down for you so thank you for tuning in to waiting off honey sports live uh tony our sponsor traveling growler www.travelinggrowler.com. I gotta get the video here. Where's the video, Tony? Oh, I lost the video. There it is. There we Hello. go. Travelinggrowler.com. Uh, it's December. It's holiday season. Perfect stocking stuffer gift for your loved ones, for the Bills fan. They got awesome Bills design, awesome art designs. Uh, traveling growler quality koozie starting at just five dollars awesome sock and stuff for shop local support local www.travelinggrowler.com uh t-shirt store teespring.com we just added a couple new designs we had a dalton kincaid dute design we got our dare to digs for those who remember the old dare t-shirts um Witty Not Funny, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word, or on Google, search Teespring Witty Not Funny. Check out all our designs, support the podcast. They're all original, they're all super cool. Um, and you can, uh, I, I guarantee you, this is a Witty Not Funny guarantee. You will get a comment from your friends, whether you get a t shirt, a hoodie, mm-hmm. a crew deck, a long sleeve, all colors, all sizes. Check out the store, support the podcast. We did not say it would be a positive comment, but you you will get a comment. I I think I've only gotten positive comments on my team. Me too. 
Me too. So, I've only gotten positive comments. So I I am guaranteeing I'm going out on a limb saying guaranteeing a positive comment. Um if you're tuning in on the audio version and you haven't been able to watch this, uh Spotify, iTunes, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh if you're tuning in at a later date watching this video tomorrow or maybe Saturday or maybe this weekend when the Bills don't play. Make sure you comment, make sure you or make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, show us some love. And show all the Built in Buffalo shows some love every single day. Great content from the Built in Buffalo crew. Uh, Tony, that's uh, all I got. Twitter handle down below, Witty Not Funny Sports. At Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports on Facebook and TikTok. Follow us on all platforms. We love following Bill's Mafia, Saber Swords people, the Buffalo sports community. Back. Please like what we do. Most of our content on Twitter X. Uh, we used to be on Blue Sky under at Buffalo Sabres, but I think our license ran out or something, Tony. Uh, we're on Blue Sky as I can never remember my Blue Sky handle. Oh, that's right. We can't get Is in the account. You got your password, you jerk. I didn't forget my password. We, can, have, we have at Buffalo Sabres on Blue Sky if you're looking for alternate social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. And we truly do mean that. Thank you. Uh, hopefully you got a good laugh out of us tonight. So check us out. Check all the shows out. And as we always say, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's it's swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.